Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. What's up, Adi? Hey, Michael. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, your new year, your 2020 is kicking ass already. Um, today, we're going to talk about seven ways to fight better in your relationship. Ooh, seven ways. I like it. We've obviously done a lot of fighting in our relationship <laughs> and working on it, so we're ready to share that with us. Oh, we've been training. We've been training hard. <laughs> cool. So before we get into that, as always, thank you to those of you who that have taken the time to leave us reviews. Um, this is one of the best ways you can give back to us. We don't do any advertisements or anything like that on here. So the way that you can give back is leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. And also share it with a friend because at the end of the day, we're trying to make an impact with this show. And the way that we do that is by reaching more people and by delivering more valuable content, obviously. We actually met someone in person recently that was a fan of the show and they were talking about how they want to write a review, but they don't, don't know what to say. And... We don't care, guys. I think it's even anonymous. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. your real name. So, whatever you're actually feeling, we want to hear it. So, don't hoard that review because that's a gift that you're wrapping up and you're just not giving it to us. So, please give us our gifts, guys. So, why fighting? Why talk about fighting? I think learning how to fight is pivotal in any relationship. It is what allows us to actually get to know the other person. As you like to say, it exposes a boundary, right? We go through life, we go through our relationship thinking that the other person just sees the world the way that we do until we encounter a circumstance where we learn that they don't, right? We learn that they value something differently than us. They think something should be done differently than us. Like they, in in my house, my dad always did the dishes and in your house, your mom always did the dishes. And until we have that circumstance come up, we just think like the way that we experienced it is the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. So it allows us to get to know each other better. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's so important to learn how to fight. The situations that you want to avoid are the situations where you have a fight that you want to have. And I think fight just has this like negative connotation. We're using fight could be argument, discussion, collaboration. Like that would even be a more positive way of describing it. But it's maybe like a, I'm feeling something that is maybe not the, the best feeling. I want to move through this feeling. I want to talk to you about it so that in the future we can behave differently and we don't have to feel this tension or discomfort that's going on. And I think that having a fight allows you to avoid those situations. And the thing about not fighting, one of the best relationship advices I've ever gotten is to not have anything in your relationship unsaid. And when you don't fight or argue or whatever whatever you want to call it, then you're you're not making explicit what's implicit, meaning that I'm feeling some tension towards you. I'm, I don't like something that's happening or I wish something was happening differently. And 
you're going to feel that energy whether I talk about it or I don't talk about it. So that's something I definitely want to avoid in our relationship. I think most people in relationships can relate to the, hey, is everything okay in your partner? Because you're feeling like something's not okay and they go, yeah, yeah everything's fine. But you're not fooling me. You're, you're not fooling me. I can tell that something's wrong. And so it doesn't have to be right now that we we talk about it. But at some point, we should have a conversation about it. And fighting doesn't need to mean raised voices or um, physical altercation. It shouldn't be a physical altercation for sure, but it definitely doesn't have to be raised voices either. It doesn't have to be disrespectful. There's a way to gracefully and kindly and compassionately fight with your partner. So I think that's what we're going to talk about today. I've never had this thought before right now, but I think that the way that we have fought in our relationship is one of the reasons that I knew I wanted to marry you so quickly. I think we got into a fight like one of the first times we yeah, hung out. Yeah, and it was like the <laughs> best fight I'd ever been in. And the the reason I think this is so important is because uh, as our one of our mentors, Evan Pagan says, fighting can lead to relationship self-esteem. So self-esteem on an individual level is our confidence in our ability to cope. So our confidence to be able to overcome obstacles and challenges that come our way. And when we fight in a relationship and we get through it and we learn from it and we move past it, we're telling ourselves, we're imprinting in both of our minds that we can overcome anything that comes our way. And, you know, we we went through some i don't i don't know like relatively how hard they were they felt extremely hard to us like moving countries and some really big things that happened early on in our relationship and they were super uncomfortable for us and we fought about them and we got through them and honored each other and were very compassionate to to each other along the way. Sure, we said and did some things that, you know, we're not our best self, who doesn't, but we got through them and we learned from them. And and having gone through all of those things, I knew like this is, like we can get through anything. Yeah. And it just made me have so much more trust in the relationship. I also think when you're talking about we did some things that we wish we wouldn't have done, doing that and then having a conversation about those things allow us now when we do get into arguments or disagreements, we handle them in in a way that is so much more graceful and respectful that that doesn't really happen as often anymore. And I think it's because of the seven things that we're going to talk about today of how we can get into disagreements or fights and end up on the other side with a deeper respect for one another versus feeling like you won and I lost or I win and you lose, which if it's a win-lose thing, we all lose no matter what. But we can move through fights now very quickly. And at the end of it, I love you more because you validated me or all the things that we're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. I think one of the problems and the obstacles in people's way, and I can say this because I think we experience this, me for sure, is that we think of fighting as a bad thing. We think that the more we we're fighting, the like worse our relationship is. And I think I learned that from my family in terms of what not what they did do, but what they didn't do. I never saw my parents fighting, and so I never saw them resolve any fights. And so I started to have this feeling like, if if a relationship is healthy, you shouldn't fight. And so anytime, especially early in our relationship, uh, conflict would come up or tension would come up inside of me, I would try to 
I would avoid it. I would pretend like it wasn't there. And this, I would always tell myself, I'm just going to deal with this on my, on my own. Like I'm going to breathe through it and I'm just going to let go of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to have any kind of like argument about it. And you came from sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. I came from the polar opposite end of the spectrum where my models fought in a way that was loud and aggressive and often spiteful and in a way that was not necessarily productive, but they did resolve their fights. If you felt anything, it was said. Nobody was feeling tension and pushing it down and then moving on. That was never happening. It was always talked about and definitely taught me that fighting was like super normal thing. Like that's how, that's actually, I thought that's how we like show love to one another. And before I met you... And I realized that there's a better way, like the in-between of how you viewed fighting and the, how mm-hmm. I viewed fighting is such a better way. I I mean, I feel bad. Anybody who's listening, if you used to date me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I just didn't know there was a better way. And for anybody who's listening who's like me, who you... You, this is this is what it is. I feel tension. It has to be worked through right now. I can't even possibly sit with my feelings. I can't, I need to talk about it right now. And in this emotional state, I say shit I'm going to regret. I say things that are, I'm hurting, so I say things to hurt you on purpose. And I, I think the louder that I am, the more I'm going to be heard. Um, that's how I was for a really long time. And it's pretty much the polar opposite of you. And so I think So we, together we made a little like fight baby concept <laughs> that works yeah. really well. And I really do want to stress that fighting doesn't mean what like the way that I grew up with. I thought that's what fighting was. And you thought fighting just didn't happen. But fighting doesn't mean yelling at each other and it doesn't mean disrespecting each other and it doesn't mean it I think it just can just mean having a conversation about something that you want to change. That is what we're talking about here. It's not just this climactic experience. So here are seven things that we've picked up along our journey that have been game changers for us. Seven ways to fight better. Number one is to regulate your nervous system. If there was a most impactful one, I think this is it. Regulating your nervous system basically means regulating how, like the intensity of the emotions going on inside of you. The goal could be to catch emotions before they get over a five out of 10. We're also really big on rating emotions out of 10. And the goal should be to try to catch these things before they get over a five out of 10. Because when we're over a five out of 10 angry, for instance, it kind of takes control of us and it's it's very hard to regulate ourselves and to respond rather than react. Right. If you feel, then the other half of that is if you feel like your emotion is an over a five out of 10, then it's worth taking the time to bring it down to below a five out of 10. So if you're like me who just wants to work out a fight right away and you notice that you feel that emotion boiling up inside of you, it's worth in that moment, even though every ounce of your being just wants to talk about it and get it out of the way right now, it's worth taking a second to regulate yourself and bring it below a five out of 10 before you even start to breach the subject because your partner could say something that's triggering and makes the emotion go even higher and then you've you've lost any opportunity to reconcile and you could say things that you regret and hurt the other person and ultimately 
you want to end up on the other side still loving each other and respecting each other. But uh, talk about how you can regulate yourself. Yeah, and the thing is, we're just not thinking clearly. We're not able to communicate clearly when we're not regulated. So there are a few different ways you can regulate yourself. Number one is to just take some space, just literally walk away and come back two minutes later, come back an hour later, however much time you need to get in the state that you need to be to actually respond appropriately. For that one, just for someone, you're the type of person who would naturally be inclined to take the space to regulate themselves. I'm the kind of person who that space is very painful and I want to work it out right away. So if you're the person taking space, a helpful thing to do would just be to say to the other person, like, I really want to talk about this, but I want to make sure that I regulate my emotions first. I'm going to just take some space. I will come back and have this conversation just to give the other person a little bit of peace of mind. Mm -hmm. The next one is... And really, this one should be utilized in all all aspects of regulating yourself is just to breathe. Take two deep breaths where the exhale is twice as long as the inhale. Take 10 deep breaths, however long you need. The breath is our throttle on being able to regulate our nervous system. We can use it to amp ourselves up and we can use it to get us into a parasympathetic, a more relaxed state. It is absolutely mind-blowing how quickly we can access more relaxation and a clearer mind when we use the breath. It's also a, a way for you to become more aware of whether you are regulated or not. So if you're about to be in an argument or you're feeling something, pay attention to your breath. Is it constricted? Is your chest tight? Are you take, Are you holding your breath? Are you taking long and deep breaths? You're Often, if you're over a five out of 10, it's most likely that you are not taking long and deep breaths. You're not even focused on your breath at all. So take a moment to be like, what's my breath feel like? That's going to be like a marker of, should I take some space? Should I take a couple deep breaths before I say anything mm -hmm. or do anything? And the next one is just to take an extra moment before you respond. If your partner is, I don't know, calling you a name or saying something that you did that wasn't um, that they didn't like, rather than just immediately responding, take a deep breath and really search for the way that you want to show up in this argument. Every time I do this, and I think Adi can attest to this, like when we're in an argument, a lot of times my responses are like really, really slow because what's going on inside of me is part of me is in like fight or flight mode and I just want to attack and I want to, I want to hurt and I want to protect myself. But then there's this higher self, this, um, yeah, like my best self has a more, like a, a, a more holistic response that involves me taking accountability for my part and being vulnerable and being willing to be wrong in this situation. And it takes some time to get there, to be clear about how I want to respond. Yeah. And again, use your breath in this. And what you want to avoid is you want to avoid saying something that you can't take back. It's better to be slower than it is to be too quick. I can remember some times where one of us is like cussed at the other person and that's like a dagger, you know? That is just that is just a huge no-no in fighting with your intimate partner, cussing at them or calling them names or doing things like that. It's just you really want to avoid that happening because those are the kinds of things that you really can't take back and it's it's 
to me, it feels like violence. Like it, it feels a lot like violence in the same way as being hit or getting physically hurt. So that's really what regulating yourself is trying to avoid. Number two is to always keep your side of the street clean. That's a that's a concept that I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's one of the best things I've ever learned. It's basically always look as soon as you can, as soon as you can like crawl through your negative emotions and get a little bit of a foothold, try to take accountability for your side of the street. Every time we blame and criticize and try to get the other person to see where they were wrong, they're just gonna be defensive. Mm. So as soon as I, in, in arguments with a D, as soon as I take accountability for my side and she can see that I'm like putting my sword down and I'm like softening up, almost without fail, she just immediately takes accountability for her part. It works like magic. Mm -hmm. It become like goo. It's like your sword is down. I'm not gonna hurt you now. That's just That's just nasty fighting. So you're totally right when you are doing the like, you do this wrong, you need to do this differently. And sometimes it's actually hard to find where you're accountable. I've been in many arguments with you where I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm taking some time and I'm thinking like, what is it that I'm responsible here? And taking some serious time to really find where it is. There is very very rarely an argument or a fight that you've gotten in with another partner that you're not accountable for something. Either the way that you showed up, the way that um, that you didn't show up, they may have done something that's more easy or more obvious it's to like point worse. out. Worse. Or yeah. they might have started it. That's a really hard one. Yeah. Right? If you didn't if you didn't start it, still I, like just be the <laughs> just be the first person to take accountability yeah. and just watch how your fights change. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, that is like, that's a really big one. Just talking, thinking about where it is that you are accountable first um, allows for things to go, go more productively. Number three, you want to talk about this one? You're you're big on this one, the yeah. reflection. So when, like, let's say some Michael's really frustrated and he's explaining to me what he's frustrated. One thing that was really helpful is for me to reflect to Michael what I think I hear him saying. So oftentimes when you're in this fight or flight mode or you're you're trying to protect yourself. You're not actually listening to what your other person, the other person's saying. You're trying to lis listen for the criticisms or for the blames or the ways to protect yourself. And you, you all of a sudden things become very selective. Like you only hear a sentence of the whole paragraph and you've stuck to that one. You can't even hear the other stuff, but you don't notice these things. So, and so one thing that you can try and do is I can reflect back to Michael what I think he just said and allow you to clarify if that's not actually what you said. So you say, I'm really upset that you are not, are on your phone while we're having, a, while I'm trying to tell you something that I'm excited about. And I can reflect that back to you. You don't like what it is I think that you're upset about. You want me to be present with you when we have conversations and you, it really hurts your feelings when I'm on the phone at the same time. And then you can either agree that that is what sh what's going on, or you can correct me if I misspoke or didn't actually get what it is that you were feeling exactly perfectly. And then always what you want to do is that you want to finish this reflection. Like I say, I say that to you, Michael, and you say, yeah, that is what I was thinking. And then I ask you, is there anything more? 
and you really want to get all of it out on the table. If you're going to go through this argument and you're going to go through the pain of this fight, let's get the whole thing out on the table. And if that means that it ends up being all this stuff that you didn't even realize, like, let's get it all out. Let's make sure that we're, we're really cleaning up the tape, like cleaning up the street, both sides of the street. And so I'll say to you, is there more? You'll you'll maybe add more to it. And actually also, you know, this morning you did the same thing or whatever it was that might be building up for this one thing. Usually the thing that triggers the fight is only the tip of the iceberg. There's other things that happened. Um, So is there more? Is there more until you say, no, there isn't any more. And once you say that there isn't any more, um, then you get your opportunity to respond. Um, And the next one, number four, your response it would be really helpful if you validate that person's feelings in your response. So like I might not – maybe I wouldn't feel the same way if you were on your phone while I was talking to you. That's not the case in this in this particular scenario. But maybe that wouldn't bother me as much as it bothered you. So I might not actually agree with you in what it is that you're feeling. But validating your feelings and saying that that's really shitty that you feel that way. And I'm really sorry that I behaved that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see how you would feel that yes, way. I can that see. That totally makes sense. Right. So you validate that it's, they're totally okay for having the feelings that they, that they had mm-hmm. and validating, like, I can totally see how you would feel that way. I, and if you might feel the same way, then say, mm-hmm. I would probably mm-hmm. feel the same way if, only if it's genuine, right? if it's genuine, don't only if it's genuine. So, I would probably feel the same way. And if you don't, if you wouldn't feel the same way, just really put yourself in their shoes and understand that their feelings are valid and validate their feelings. And starting your response with that really softens the other person up because they feel hurt. But yes, you're totally right. Don't say like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. That's mm-hmm. actually not a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> skirting around accountability, right? Right. Number five is to talk about what you do want versus what you don't want, right? This goes for any type of like goal setting or any anytime we want a person to be a different way or to communicate a different way, focusing on what we don't want is only reprogramming into our subconscious mind more of what we don't want. So it's making it more likely that we'll get more of that stuff that we don't want. So instead, talk about what you do want. Talk about how you want them to respond, how you want them to behave, and try to refrain from using don'ts and shouldn'ts and and nots and always and never any type of absolutes Mm -hmm. what's number six number six number six is to identify what each person needs and give that to them so i think what you i do think what you mean by this is like in arguments uh, we talk about a lot like you need space and i need touch Mm. so once you've gotten through a fight or an argument you can from there like we talked about at the beginning, a fight is an opportunity to notice somebody's boundary. Like you've hit a boundary of mine. We can identify through there what it is that I need for the future. So maybe in the future, I need you to come to me and give me a hug. Like how can we get through this even more effectively in the future? Right. So if we've identified that this is what I need to get through this situation more effectively. So you're telling me about something really exciting, then what we've gone through in these, because it is one of the the situation has actually occurred for us. You now will preemptively say, hey, I'm going to tell you something that I'm really excited about and I want 100% of your attention. And because sometimes we're just talking and like it's not that big of a deal, right? So that's like a do differently. That's what I need in order to like 
know that I need to give you 100% if I'm like in involved in something else, right? Or asking for permission to like, hey, can I tell you about something really exciting? So that's like a, a, a need that we've identified in the other person and then giving that to the other person. So another one would be me giving you space in a fight. Even though it's really difficult for me to do that, I give you space because I know that's something that you need in order to move through fights more quickly. Right, yeah. If I'm, If I am not regulated, my tendency is to want to get some space so that I can go regulate myself and then come back and respond. If I feel like I have to, like I'm, I'm being forced to work through it immediately, I have a lot more resistance. And you, on the other hand, you want more like closeness. You want specifically physical touch. And when we figured this out, and you may have heard us talk about this in the past, this was really, really hard for both of us. It was really hard for a D to give me space when I needed it. And it was, it felt impossible for me to give her physical touch when we were in the middle of a fight. It felt like climbing Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we really make the effort to give the other person what they need. And so usually... In relationships, there's one person who wants space and one person that wants to like work through it faster or needs physical touch or some kind of some kind of closeness. So figure out which of you is in each of those camps, and it, it, you may need the same, which would be really convenient. So then you can both just give each other what you want, but figure that out, and then really work hard at giving the other person what they need. And one way we figure out how to Basically, whoever's in more pain is the person that gets catered to. So if a D is at like an 8 out of 10 angry or sad or something like that, then physical touch is going to be the priority. If I'm the person that's more triggered, then space is what we're probably going to do. And this doesn't have to be like an explicit thing and it's definitely not something that has to be used should not be used as a weapon. Like you shouldn't be saying, I'm the one in more pain. Therefore, you have to do what I want to do. In this case, it's it's let's say in most cases, it's if I'm the one who's brought up the argument, like this is something I'm really upset about, then that's an indication that I'm the person in more pain. Mm-hmm. So you'll do, you'll cater more towards me mm-hmm. versus it's not something that we have to talk about in the moment. I think then it can be turned into a weapon. Mm-hmm. And then finally, number seven is one of the most useful concepts I've ever been given in fighting. And it's, uh, we call it Be the Hero. We got it from our love coach, Annie. She calls it Be the Hero, which basically means be the first person to lay down your sword. Be the first person when, you know, you things might have gotten out of hand or you, and you might have said some things that you didn't want to. And you're both like really frustrated and angry or sad or whatever with each other. Be the first person to go to your partner and say, "Hey, let's let's like let's settle down. Let's like work, let's work through this." Mm-hmm. And be the first person to take accountability. Yeah, this is in those situations where you're in an argument and you're away from each other. You just can't get through it. And then both of you are separate somewhere, and you're both tense and thinking about it and ruminating over it. And this is when you're like, I'm waiting for them to say sorry to me first. And you're mm-hmm. like, I have no way I'm going to say sorry to them first. Be the person who says sorry first. Yes. And um, we've turned it, we're competitive people. So we've <laughs> turned it into a little bit of a competition where the person who says sorry first, it makes the other person be so grateful for them because you've, you're the hero. Like yeah. you are the hero in that situation. And I think having that language 
in our fighting relationship has allowed us to really appreciate the person for doing the heart, like the really scary, vulnerable thing that nobody wants to do in that Mm -hmm. moment because everyone wants to win. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be the hero. Again, guys, fighting in relationships is inevitable. I think it's, and I, I think there's good research on this actually. How you fight is, will determine the success and the happiness and the fulfillment in your relationship. So these are seven ways that will help you to fight better. And if you use even one of them, I think that you'll have a lot more, you'll have a lot more growth, a lot faster growth in your relationship. You won't miss each other anymore. Like you'll be able to actually communicate directly with each other. You'll build trust. You'll build what we called relationship, self-esteem. And ultimately, I think your relationship will succeed if you're in the right relationship for you. So just to wrap these up, number one was regulate your nervous system. Number two was always keep your side of the street clean. So take accountability. Number three was reflect back to the person what you think they said and always ask, is there more? Number four is to validate their feelings. Number five is to talk about what you do want rather than what you don't want. Number six is to identify what each person needs, maybe space versus uh, physical touch or some kind of closeness and give that person what they need. And number seven is to be the hero. Always try to be the first one to bring the relationship back to us. Anything else, today? That is it. Guys, fight well and love each other. Peace. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.